welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 146. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have two beans on the line with me. Tonight we have Chewy. How's it going, mate? Oh, the Mindstone art is a crazy sarcasm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted by the 40k Commander decks. I'm good, mate. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. <laughs> You actually like got me with that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. we've been sure chatting we for like ten minutes, recording. and then uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I've been yeah, planning we're... that all afternoon with the quid. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We've also got cracker. How's it going, cracker? <laughs> Mate, I, I was got as well. I'm good, very well. <laughs> I was like, do we have to like pause like, and start recording again? Like, what's going stone? on? Here? Like, Mindstone's not any of the cards we're talking about tonight. <laughs> Oh, but it's in the 40k Commander decks, which I picked up from the post office, which I'm super pumped about. Uh, so thanks to the Beans for my birthday present. Uh, you guys got in the pre-order and it did arrive today. Got them in their little default deck boxes and there's going to be a bean stream to play these. Uh, in hopefully the not too distant future. I'm really excited to uh, sleeve them up and battle with them. Yeah, yeah, they look really cool and should be a lot of fun. So definitely keen for that. You just have to get a bunch of sleeves and... Yeah, yeah. I've uh, just might happen to have a day off tomorrow, and uh, if anyone needs something from <laughs> our LGS, just hit me up. <laughs> Sounds good. Very nice. Okay, so this week is it's going to be an interesting one. We uh, <laughs> we actually did a lot of talking before we started recording of trying to figure out how on earth we actually get through all the things we want to go through tonight. It's basically a a, a news. Bag news bag is that even a yep. phrase? I don't know. It's just sure. a bunch of bunch of it news is now. stuff. Yeah, news bag. Yeah, it's like the old leaf out of the boat saying we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's just been just an absolute ton of stuff that's come out in the past week since we last recorded, and yeah, we're just gonna kind of wing our way through that in no real particular order. Uh, we may go long on some topics, which means we go short on other topics. We will see how we go. But uh, we did suggest prior to the casting, as this is just basically one big announcement cast, that Chewie and I can just mute ourselves and Cracker. You can just talk the whole time. That sound about right? Yeah, like I said, it's it's just payback for the 40K ones where I sat there for literally 25 minutes <laughs> listening. Mind <laughs> you, I really fair. did enjoy them. They were really good. To be fair, I think there's a large portion of our listener bases of our listener base that would prefer that, Shorty. So it's uh, yes, you just a solo cracker episode. Oh yeah. come on, no one yeah. wants that. <laughs> uh, we don't know until you try. So exactly, have at it. Yep. Yeah. I've never done a solo one. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of talking. It is. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of a lot of talking, Chewy, you can uh, tell everyone about our awesome sponsors before we get into it. I'm not sure if you're saying I do a lot of talking or Pat does a lot of talking there. But All of the above. Yeah. So, <laughs> so true. Uh, I, I, a lot of information is exchanged when I catch up with Pat. It's great. Very efficient. Uh, so... We are, being the Magic Beans podcast, and our tournament series are brought to you by the fine folk at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction page with nightly auctions, uh, as well as nightly win it now posts. The weekend auctions are the super shiny premium stuff that is just fun to peruse. And you like, just like throughout the week, you can pick up some absolute bargains through there. So uh, particularly on the win it now posts, there are a lot of really, really competitive, you know, under retail you won't find 
them cheaper anywhere else. So yeah, hit up jpmtgbazaar.com.au and that will direct you straight to the uh, the Facebook page and you can get bidding. And when you do win, uh, ask them to include the extra turns counter, which was designed by our Envy winner, uh, Jedi's Walker. And uh, be sure to tell them that the beans sent you. Very good. So... Yeah, like I said, we we sort of weren't really sure where to start with all this stuff. There is a, a hell of a lot to talk about, but I think we'll just get some of the quicker hitting ones out of the way first. So there was a there was what a stream that happened this week. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of articles. There's just been a bunch of stuff in the last week, uh, and yeah, we're just you know we've got up the articles that have come out. We've tried to have a look through them and sort of figure out the finer details, but mostly we're going to be figuring out as we go. So I guess sort of the first quick and easy thing to get off is uh, we had some more Universes Beyond slash Secret Lair announcements. So Cracker, what what are we getting in the future for these things? We're getting Final Fantasy and Assassin's Creed for Universes Beyond. Uh, they're both slated for 2024 from what I can see, or well, certainly the Final Fantasy one is. Uh I know nothing about Final Fantasy except that the fan base is the very diehard, <laughs> very very diehard, yep. and there's like fifteen of the games or something like that. So you know, it's a, it's obviously a huge franchise, which is great. Like uh, I'm fine with them stretching into that. And Assassin's Creed, I'm, I'm currently playing some Assassin's Creed. I really enjoy that franchise. I don't know, you know, what the cards will be. I hope there's a sweet hidden blade equipment that lets you just murder something. But, uh, yeah, anyway, they, Maybe they will we'll come get, at some point. We'll get cards that have the sound effect, you know, like when you you get you go up on the tower and then you get like the eagle sound. Yeah, and that sort of yeah. Thing. It's like that's that's the next evolution of magic cards. There'll just it. be that's, like that's a, a QR code built into the art that you can yeah. and it just plays that, <laughs> that wave file or something. Um, so I, I don't know a great deal about Assassin's Creed. There was like a terrible movie made. Uh, and I've seen a little bit of gameplay, and it looks like you just like run around parkour and jump into hay bales a lot or hay yes. carts. Um, so that seems fine. Like I can see why it's an enjoyable game. But uh, is there a lot of strong characters, like like really recognizable characters and things that you would get, like if there was like from another game, like it, say if there was a um, you know like you know we're talking about Lord of the Rings, like you know everyone knows who Gandalf is, is obviously. Assassin's Creed isn't as famous as Lord of the Rings, but is there that sort of iconic characters within the storyline that we would expect to see some cards, or is this just going to be like a you know an art exercise and with some magic cards stapled on? What it what so, do you think? so for each of the different games you play as a different person through history. So the you there were like Altair, for example, is the name of one of them. You know, there's Etsy. There's a whole bunch. Yeah, Ezio, there's, you know, there's, I can't even remember all of them yeah. because there's. But they're eight, all just um, assassins, like, and they all yeah, ba- basically look the same. <laughs> kind of. I'm, play- I'm playing a female at the moment in okay. uh, in Origins or Odyssey, I think it's called. Um, but yeah, I mean, they are kind of all interchangeable. There's some, you know, the outfit that they wear, the white kind of hooded thing is is very iconic in, in that space. So I expect you'll see some sort of cloak or things like that and it'll give you a dude. Yeah, shadow or something weird. They didn't give any details. I don't think about like they've they've put it as in their universes beyond. It's going but yeah, like the Lord of the Rings set is universes beyond, but that is a full set. The forty k D 
decks that you just got, Chewy, that's also universes beyond, but they're full commander sets or commander decks. I don't think we're going to get that for Assassin's Creed. I just don't think there's the depth of stuff because no, so not, much of no so much of Assassin's Creed is just you're playing a person, a fictional person, but you're playing like through history stuff. So unless they're going to be like real, you know, Leonardo da Vinci cards and things like that. I, I think it's more likely we'll get, you know, a secret lair that's a universe is beyond and it's like five cards. Yeah, it depends on the depth sort of yeah, yeah. dictate what it is. Yeah, that that, that uh, makes yeah. perfect sense. Speaking Final of Fantasy, though, is uh, probably yeah. way deeper. <laughs> but again, I don't yeah, know much about Final Fantasy. I, I don't think they'll do a full set. Maybe they'll do a set of Commander decks. But again, that is two years away. So I yep. do think or that the, the Final Fantasy art, like with that, that animated thing, you know, person with a giant sword, will tra- the art, I think, will translate really well to Magic Cards. So I think it'll yeah. look visually, yeah, I think it'll it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it'll look really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So... Are we just going to get a bunch of Post Malone faces with tattoos all over it then for his secret lair? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but this is one of the weirdest it's things strange, there. It's like, man. I mean, everyone knows Post Malone. Like, it's he's uh, how many followers does he have on Twitter? He's probably got like I don't know. I only know on Post Malone because he plays Magic. So I it I know I him couldn't... from really bad face tattoos and apparently hip hop. <laughs> Which is debatable. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard a Post Malone song in my life. I, uh, I guarantee yeah. you, you have heard Post Malone songs. It's he's one of those artists where it's like you hear a song and and you're like, hey, I know this song. Well, I've heard, I've heard it randomly on the radio, or whatever. And then yeah, later on, it's like, oh, that was Post Malone. No, I had I had no idea. Like I couldn't have t- yeah. I couldn't tell you the name of a single Post Malone song, but I know. No, that I wouldn't know one if you fell over it. There's a no. ton of there's a ton of songs that it's like, oh, oh that's Post Malone. I wouldn't know what it's called though, but. But yeah, that's very, because we're very, very old, nice. boys. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't listened to mark. commercial radio for well over 10 years. So <laughs> unless it's being played at like the supermarket, uh, yeah, I, 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 or on like an ad on TV or something. Yeah. And, I've, and that's I've what I mean. No like you, there would be a bunch of songs that if you heard, like if I went, oh, here, you know, look up Spotify, play Post Malone's top three songs, you would go, oh, yeah, I've heard that in a supermarket or on, you know, when I've been watching the footy on an ad or, or something like that. Like, okay. Yeah. He's genuinely big pop star. Yeah, I guess. He's, he's, he is. He's definitely a star. Uh, anyway, but yeah, as, I, as we know, who knows he's, he's, he's mad keen on magic and he's, you know, playing he's, commander with the professor and all that sort of stuff. And now we're getting a Post Malone secret lair. <laughs> if we don't get a face tattoo, like artifact or enchantment card or something. In that a tattoo be... gun, yeah, 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 yeah. So that 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 and, would be good, but yeah, and maybe something called auto tune as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe it'll be like an... auto tunes his voice, man. I don't know what to tell you. No, actually, <laughs> no. Fine. So Everyone I haven't heard a post. Us. I haven't heard a post Malone song, but during lockdown, him and Travis Barker and a couple of other so drummer from Blink One Eighty Two just did like a Nirvana tribute thing, all like synced in from their own houses and they all play. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. And, and that was pretty good. I, I listened to a few of those and, like, he's he he does have a voice. That, so when people talk about pop star and hip-hop, I'm, that's where I'm not figuring it out because, like, he could legitimately be, like, a 90s grunge singer. Like, he's got that ability. So maybe he's just a super talented musician and he's really diverse. I don't know. But he, uh, he can definitely sing Nirvana and, you know, and he plays magic, so I don't know. I like him. <laughs> All good. <laughs> yeah, they're two, two, two of my like prerequisites for a friend, right? So, <laughs> uh, 
So uh, yeah, who so knows, the next who one knows when we get that on the list? Um, I'm just skipping through. Yeah, go for it, Craig. Yeah, there's 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 no details in that. Like we don't know when or no. cost or like what's involved. Just that again, it's an announcement of an announcement. Uh, Wizards' favorite thing: mm-hmm. uh, Shadows of Arenastad remaster in the first half of next year. Mm. So this is an arena thing which they've mm-hmm. done. This is sort of part of the backfilling. Yeah, they this did. Is for- this is getting Pioneer, Pioneer right? onto Arena, yeah. right? Yeah. They did like Kaladesh Remastered. They did. So these would be Explorer legal? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And historic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no one cares about that. Yeah. But, so that's really cool because um, that's, that's just getting us even closer to, to Pioneer. And there's a bunch of really good, powerful cards in the Shadows block. So we get. It'll uh, probably be good to draft. 13 mana Embrical. Do we? we do. We do. That, and that is, that the, El- is that the set shorty with the. Um, I can't remember what the mechanics called, but where you, you ha- there's an alternate cost. Emerge. You got to sacrifice a creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that was that was a good uh, that was a good mechanic, I, particularly for limited. So yeah, I agree with your previous yep. statement there, Cracker. Probably going to be fun to to draft. Be a powerful. Yep. These are generally powerful limited sets because they don't have like the filler. These remastered sets, so they're kind of just all the good cards. Uh, so that means it's a more powerful draft experience, but that's kind of fun too. And yeah, I mean. Obviously, like things like thirteen minute Emrakul could have a uh, an impact on those formats. We like, might start to see more uh, energy decks and yeah, energy in, decks yeah. with uh, with whatever that artifact was called. We get thing in the ice, or well, I'm assuming we'll get thing in the ice as well. That was in shadows, so Ooh, we might yeah. see some resurgence for oh for Phoenix, yeah. Yep. So, uh, yep, and we'll also just get like like all the other Eldrazi as well, right? Weren't they in that set? Like, yeah, yep. Obligator and all like, the colored Smasher, Re- Reality Smasher and. Thought uh, Monsia weren't that. No, I think they were in the. They were in. No, they were in the Zendikar. Yeah, no, no, no. So, Thought Monsia oh, was oh, in yeah. BFC. Yeah, that's right. But, so the shadows get- had the coloured ones, right? So yes, yeah, there'll, there'll oh, be yeah, some like, stuff um, in there. Yeah, Eldrazi. There was like the oh, six mana five five, five like that, that made the yeah, and the six mana one that made the tokens that you could like sack a spawn to tap something down, yeah. and you know, and the one that you know you could play in the upkeep and tap them down that did really well at the Pro Tour. So there's mm. some really, really powerful little Drazi in there, yeah, but not not kind of the super iconic ones like your Thought gotcha. Nazis or your Titans. Oh, I mean, there's Emrakul, but yeah, 13 Emrakul, not 15. But still, like, yeah, we'll absolutely make a splash in the old, older format. So that's fun. I'd be yeah, very keen to see what's up there and a bit of a shake-up of that format as well is always nice. And yep, always excited to get us closer to the actual format, which is that goal. So, yeah, it's good. Speaking of... Other sets, Dominaria Remastered is coming. So again, to Arena, and this is pulling cards. We'll there was some, we knew about this coming a little while ago, and there was some speculation as to whether it was just going to be like Dominaria United and what was the other recent Dominaria set? I don't yep. remember. Just Dominaria. Dominaria. Yeah. It was just <laughs> Dominaria. Just called Dominaria. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. Uh, but probably it actually goes back. Thing for it. So this this <laughs> isn't just an Arena release. This is a paper release as well. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's right. So it's uh yeah, it's going to be like a fully draftable set with cards from like the full history of all Dominaria planes or sets, which is a lot. They've they've gone back to Dominaria a lot of times. So, oh, it's the original yeah. Magic set. So yeah, yeah, correct. So it's like Urza Saga and all that sort of those sorts of sets. They were all set on Dominaria, weren't they? Yep. Yep. Well, that's where Urza's from. I'd assume yep. so. Yep. Yep. So this is coming right. early 2023, first quarter 2023. So it's not that far away, and yeah, yeah. Like next six months, we've got some preview cards that are going to be in there. There's you know Counterspell and Birds of Paradise. Birds There's of Paradise. A bunch of, yeah. 
you know, old border cards and new borders versions of the old cards and yeah, some some really cool yeah, sneak attack too, swords to plowshares, all that sort of good good fun stuff. So it'd be very cool. Those yeah, nice. Powerful, powerful cards. Oh, I, sneak attack. Can I'm hoping that uh, one... Sneak attack, Emrakul, let's go. <laughs> I'm hoping that Polywaffle buys a bunch of that and we can actually draft it because that'd Dra- be pretty ooh. sweet to draft. It would be. Yeah, do something, right. Polywaffle. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so we've also got... There was a State of the Game announcement that came out and it talked about alchemy. There's some alchemy stuff. There's a card called Oracle of Alpha and it lets you shuffle in the power nine. Anyway. Woohoo. Uh, <laughs> there was also I, I, the Dominaria alchemy release, which we mentioned on the podcast last week, but we're not going to go through any of those cards tonight because no, no, we, no, no. we don't care. We, uh, the thing that some people might care about is the there have been rebalances. So after the set, after rotation, they've now rebalanced a bunch of the cards that were nerfed in Alchemy and Historic. So Divide by Zero, Asikius Chariot, Faceless Haven, Goldspan Dragon, and Luminarch Aspirant have all been returned to their original form, which is good. I think that's a, a good thing. I still don't know why they were changed for Historic, but that's an entirely different conversation. They're not rebalancing everything. So there were cards that were put in and then buffed. So they're not taking away the buffs on cards that were in there from what I've seen. And But I believe... Uh, and they're not uh, un-nerfing all of them either. So um, Arrowin's Just Epiphany add to is, confusion. Still, is still nerfed. Goodness me. Like... <laughs> The, oh, don't even get me started. I'm not even going to. Like, Wizards, just just kill the format and just put the effort into getting Pioneer on because, like, you just, I don't know, like, someone's sniffing glue there, I reckon. It's just insane. Like, what a... It is. It is pretty nuts. Like, when they, yeah. when they first said that they were doing these rebalances, whatever, and then they said, these rebalance cards are what you're going to be playing in Historic, everyone just went, why? Like, why do we? Why do you need to nerf these cards in Historic? You're just, like, adding to the confusion. You're taking cards that are perfectly fine in Historic, nerfing them to the point that they're completely unplayable for absolutely no reason, and now you're just putting them back to where they were. And then they actually say in their article that players should expect similar rebalancing of cards to happen each rate rotation. So this, this is their plan. They're going to nerf cards in alchemy and have them like that for historic and then just you go think about the okay, amount of now we can put the back they, yeah <laughs> like, it's so here here's the here's the issue i have and i won't spend too much time on this but all of our paper sets and all of the paper releases all have commander as a consideration if not commander focus there's always commander considerations because that is the most popular format that is the most played that's what people spend the most money on so that's okay right but why when you've got a format that is the least played on their online client like literal nobody plays historic uh plays alchemy right some people play historic but like even less play alchemy like why put any effort in at all because when there are other things that you could be investing your time and energy in. It just doesn't make sense. Like it's clearly a passion project, not a business focused project. And whoever has this as a project has too much license and need to be reined in and actually listen to your consumer base because it's just ridiculous. It's a waste of time. We look at things like on the mobile client, if there's an effect that looks at my hand, my game crashes and I have to reconnect like, why do I have to deal with that bug that's obviously easy to fix 
instead of like mucking around with like how many cats a seeker's chariot makes like what a ridiculous like where's the prioritization of resources here it does not make sense at all can i make it worse (laughs) probably it's the new player experience as well so yeah. after you after you sign up to Arena for the first time and you start playing through Sparky, they don't put you into Standard. They put you into Alchemy. That is where you start playing. I was chatting to one of the guys at work and he's like, oh, I've been playing this deck and it's got these cards. I was like, what cards are those? Like, I know I don't know all the cards in Standard at the moment, but like, I've literally never heard of any of these. And he's like, oh, I keep losing to this Landfall deck. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no Landfall in any of these sets. Yeah, no, they're just a bunch of Alchemy cards no one ever knew about, so... It keeps Good forcing times. like every you time there's an, up, uh, there's an update and you go back into arena, it changes, you know, your selected play thing back to alchemy. Uh-huh. And when you like start a new deck, the default format that it starts at is alchemy. <laughs> like it's just like all these little things they're just trying it's to alphabetical, push it down mate, All right, that's that's all they're doing. They're just no, <laughs> sort by not. alphabetical. Anyway, I feel like I need to write a strongly worded email. <laughs> maybe that's gonna, maybe it's gonna have a huge impact. A tweet thread. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, just does my head. Well, in. You, you say that. Uh, no, that's that's a big segue. I won't get into that. Let's talk about some other things that baffle us. But well, oh, hang on. Explore anthologies. Before, anthology. before yeah. we get too far, yeah, uh, explore anthologies, which is coming out later this year. This one we're good. actually excited about. This one is actually good because, as Chewie said, getting us closer to having Pioneer. Uh, have we seen any of the cards that we're going to get in this no, one? Here? No, they just mentioned that it's coming this year, before the end of the right. year. And then, yeah, so between that and then Shadows of the Innistrad remastered first half of next year, that's going to be. And Dominaria as well, because that, if that's coming to Arena, that will have some random things that. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Pioneer already. Yep. All right. Which so that's good. most of the small random little things i believe that we sort mm-hmm. of wanted to touch on and then we can get into some <laughs> more in-depth discussions on some other things so cracker yeah so <laughs> do you want to take did us? you did you guys know that this was the the 30th anniversary of magic next year i have heard that yeah so <laughs> i mean everyone knows what we're talking about they've decided to get a print the 30th anniversary edition of cards which is gold bordered with a big Lotus on the back of it instead of the normal kind of magic back. And, and only gold bordered on the back, Cracker. Just, just yes. make sure you're clear on that. Correct. Gold, gold bordered back uh, and then actual beta. They are reprinting beta cards, right? It is the commemorative collectible non-tournament legal product celebrating 30 years of magic inspired so by collector's limited edition, edition. Two. Yes. No. <laughs> it's not. Well, they're... 30th anniversary. So, well, collector's edition. Hang, hang on. So, collector's edition, you could actually just buy as a set with all of the cards in it, is my understanding. Yeah, it came, as, this it is, came as a full box set. Yeah, you bought you bought it and it was like, it was cheap too. It was like $50. Yeah. Or $50. It, it, it admittedly, is far from that now. 1998, <laughs> I think it was, or 95, something like it was really early when it came out. And that was basically all of beta, but printed on... What gold borders with square corners? So not the kind of rounded edges. It's black bordered, but it has see. square corners. I can't remember what's on the back though. No, it's a normal magic There's- card, except it's got a square corner. It's got square corners. Yep. Yeah. No, it's got a gold border as well. Nah, it's black bordered. No, it's black bordered. Only yeah. the uh, the only gold bordered cards that we've got are from oh, that's the, the World championship decks. Yeah, yeah, champions yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what I'm getting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway. so but they yes, reprinted reserve set. list cards? Question yeah, mark. But they're kind of. <laughs> 
what they've done. <laughs> give us some more. Is this, give us some more details, Craig. Before our, we, I would uh, love to. So yeah. they are they are selling them as normal packs. So fifteen cards, normal rarity distribution, right? So one for like rare, six bucks each. Yep. Yep. Or bargain four packs for <laughs> four packs for a thousand dollars. US. <laughs> no, it's nine hundred and ninety nine cracker. Get it? Get oh, it. I'm sorry. Yeah, that makes <laughs> it bad. cheaper, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so yeah. When when I are just, these coming out and know. where where <laughs> So you can <laughs> you can buy them at thirtiededition.wizards.com and they are available for the holidays on November twenty eighth for nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Oh, so you can um, treat yourself for an early Christmas present. Mm, I mean so it will have it will have power nine. It's going to have you know black lotus and soul ring and you know all the moxen and time walk and all the like the, just jewel the lands. super busted cards. All the jewel lands, all the original jewel lands. The for for some reason they've decided they don't want to have some of the cards with like anti in them, um, like demonic attorney. They've also cut earthbind, which I thought was interesting. It's got super controversial art. Ah, uh, yeah, I think um, it's the art on that one is the issue. Yeah, but they're not using all the original arts. Anyway, no, they are. Think, they are. Yeah, so version? they're using all the original arts, but they're changing the frame. So, like the jewel lands, you know, if you look at in the article, you've got Volcanic Island, and there is a mm-hmm. new border version, but with the old yep. art. Mm-hmm. And then there is an old border version with the old art, but it's not like OG with the weird, like rectangles. No, it's got the, the modern formatting and all that and, sort of stuff. Yeah, well, that's it. So, but yeah, it, it, it is all original art, which is, has actually caused. Further Problems. controversy because there are issues yeah. with licensing of that art and various yep. different things like that. And look, it, it lets us have the wonderful debate of which is the best uh, one drop instant in each of the colors, right? So, Chewy, would you like to uh, gain three life or prevent the next three damage that will be dealt this turn, or would you like to draw three cards? Cost you the same. Uh- yeah, because the thing is, if I draw three cards, I could draw Lightning Bolt and uh, Dark Ritual off that as well, So, which are all better than the white one. Uh, or and- you could just draw more Ancestral Recalls and draw even more cards. <laughs> yeah, well, it's restricted. <laughs> but yes, uh, uh, they didn't know what they were doing uh, in Alpha. They didn't understand yeah. the power of the game they'd made. The, that's, uh, yeah, that's-, that's very, very true. But yeah, I'm very interested. And I, I, I wish Polly Waffle was here, who owns both... Actual power and collector edition cards. So, uh, there, I just saw a comment from him through the week that he wasn't very happy about it, but I'd love to get into that as to, you know, why. But I, I've got a bunch of issues with this, but the biggest issue I've got is just the price. Like, so if I buy a, you know, a $250 for a pack and I open mm-hmm. a volcanic island, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, like an $800 card, but it's not actually a volcanic island and therefore not worth $800. So like what are these things going to be worth on the secondary market? So what's the incentive to actually open them because I I don't know is is there just a lot of loud people complaining on Twitter but then there are actual people going no I'm I'm down for this. I think that this is going to be snapped up by collectors and it's going to hold its value just like collectors edition does for a very long time. Yeah, like collector's edition is exactly the same thing in terms of like, yeah, but it's yeah, old. Obviously, it was, and that, yeah, that's it was, it was old. It's... It was printed a long time ago, but yeah, yeah it's super expensive still. Yeah, it, I mean, it like is. If, it if, is. If, if you look at like a collector's edition Lotus, they're still like four and a half grand or something like that. Yeah, and and, and I get that because and that's yeah, not tournament I... legal. You can't use that anywhere. It's, no. it's the same. Yeah, they are effectively. I know people won't, won't get mad, but they are just expensive proxies, right? 
Yeah, that's yes. literally that's and that's that's the core of the issue that I have here, right? And I understand like scarcity rarity for collector's edition uh, yeah. has driven the price up because as you said it was worth like nothing, the 50 no, bucks no, for the 50 box bucks set when at it the time. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So like my OG Volcanic Island was 25 bucks, now it's 800 bucks. Like I get that, but here they seem to be skipping that and going straight to the like we can just cash in here and rather than it being a collectible thing and people buying something and holding on to it and keeping it in good condition and it being worth more later, now Wizards Corporate have just gone, oh, this is a thing that happens with our secondary market that we, that we pretend doesn't exist. Let's cut out the middleman and the time and just cash in on it. And like this is Magic's 30-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Like they want people... That they should want to bring people to the game and they should be wanting to bring people back to the game as well as advertising something to people that are already in franchise. So they've got, at the moment, this product is targeted at the top 1% of people that collect magic, not the other 99% of us that engage with the game. And it's the 30th anniversary thing. There should be something more accessible i'm happy for it to cost money but a thousand bucks and you're not even guaranteed to get you know your value back out of it because you know you might not you know you might open icy manipulator and hypnotic specter and not a piece of power like it's just i don't know this is awful this is just a terrible terrible product and the wizards are just doing a cash grab instead of actually celebrate they should be celebrating their game and what makes the game good is the players. They should be, so therefore they should be celebrating the players. They're just writing themselves a check instead, and I don't like it. I, I accept that it's a thing and they're a business and all the rest of it, but I would be interested to see if they brought out fifty dollars booster packs that had some some iconic cards, not jewel lands and power, but some other you know powerful and iconic cards, you know, like a collector's booster like a level up from a collector's booster, how much money they would make and how many packs they would make in comparison to this super high-end stuff. That would be a very interesting exercise from a, you know, a, a business turnover revenue perspective because I'm tipping they would make more money out of that and making it accessible to people by letting their however many million people uh, that are priced out of this actually afford something. Yeah, so, I don't reckon a product like that would actually sell though. Like you, the whole draw to this is that you're getting access to the the power nine and the dual lands and that sort of like the rest yeah, of the cards just aren't worth aren't worth anything. So but you, that's the problem though, right? So the price point's too high because you're not guaranteed to get one. Yeah, I, I think there's a few things at play there with the price point. I I think like obviously we know, or just you know, just in case any any people don't know out there why this is so such a big of an issue. There's a thing called the reserve list, which is Wizards came stupid. out. In, oh, right, I, don't, sorry. I don't know. I don't know when it came out. Ninety five, ninety six. Whenever they decided on the reserve list, and they went, "Here's a list of cards that we are never going to reprint." Yeah. So a bit more context there. They 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 printed cards that had black borders, and people collected them and loved their cards. Then they printed cards with white bordered, and people were like, "What's going on now? My card's not holding value because people can get this uglier, worse." but functionally the same whiteboarded cards. So Wizards listened to their player base and went, okay, we won't reprint those cards because we want your cards to hold value. That list has not been updated. Either no cards have been added or subtracted from that initial statement. And that card, that list 
involved entire sets, not just collectible cards. So there are yeah. cards out there that are effectively garbage, uh, but because they're on the reserve list, they're, they've got collectability and, and all the rest of it. But that gates uh, access to, to, to formats uh, and it, it means that you know certain people benefit, whereas the rest of the player base, you know, is is limited to you know to the decks they can build and all the rest of it. But they listened to their player base and then they stopped and then they never went back and and reviewed that decision. So from every balance, every business review process on any decision that you make, everything is just completely ignored by this one decision, and they've just stuck with it because of the noisy few not actually listening to the masses the whole the well whole kind of i mean they, if they yeah. go back on it now <laughs> they're opening themselves up to litigation yeah it's legal issues problem. that's that is the main yeah. problem with it so yeah. yeah they they did it because they the game was new and they wanted to retain their player base and people were threatening to leave and they were saying well if this is a collectible card game and my cards don't retain value then what's the point in me investing in it and well so it was a trading they- card game back at the back in the day and sure. so this is well, so but so, think about how often has wizards said and it is a policy of wizards that they don't factor in even though they do that but their policy states they don't factor in the secondary market but well, it's true now but that wasn't de- true 25 years ago yeah so they, they need to just like live but with they, it they can't right but they can't, <laughs> they <laughs> like can't. If, That's the so point. the the issue is that like because they have written that they will not reprint these cards in legal like tournament legal sets as soon as they print them like they put them into a standard set what's the statute of limitations on something like that honestly like surely uh, i I don't and probably not something that their legal team would want to look at and and i would assume that wizards legal team have looked into this sort of stuff and and looked okay what's it going to cost us you know can we earn more money than it's going to cost us to sort out this sort of stuff yes and yes the answer no, because <laughs> if they could, they would have done it. Like if if they could make you know two million dollars more than it costs them, they would do it because that's a fantastic profit. But it would obviously cost. I don't them think they've actually looked at it because if you look at the people, the vast majority of people that own Jewel Lands, right, uh, are people that play Legacy and people that play Commander, right. Uh, so they would go, sweet. Now I can afford more of them. It is that very top zero one percent of people that are hoarding those cards as an investment, right? That would be be hurt. And they're the the people that have the money to employ lawyers to take wizards to town on, on that. So yeah, I I don't think it's a financial thing. I think it's a headache thing. And anyway, we're not here to talk about the reserve list, but I disagree with the reserve list because it makes zero sense. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's, the whole issue on that. Yeah, yeah. But, like I, I don't. I, I wish the reserve list was gone too, because I would love to own all these sorts of cards that I can have. But it's it's just not going to happen. And this is what's what's happening here is Wizards is basically sort of testing the water to see what they can get away with. And the thing that I think is the in play for the reason why the price point is so high is one of the big issues is if they do reprint cards, like if they if they did this set, this beta set, not tournament league or whatever, they, but they put it in seven dollar booster packs. The price of those dual lands, the real ones, will tank because people will go, okay, like I can get away with with not having them, and then that then opens them up to court cases because you know the values of collections have dropped and all those sorts of things. By pricing them so high, they're effectively retaining the value of those collectible cards, so that no one can come at them legally and say, hey, look, you printed this thing that you said you weren't going to print. It's not exactly the same. I lost. 
5% of the value of my collection, that's just not enough that anything's going to happen. Whereas if they print them in cheap boosters, they're going to lose 50% of the value but of the collection. But that was my and point. Like if they, yeah, and that's, if that's they when printed, they end up in trouble. If they printed these at a lower price point, right, they would sell more, they would make more money. Yeah, but then they're opening themselves up to the court cases because people's collections are drastically dropping in value. And, and like we said, it is those 1% hoarding collectors but they're the one percent that have the money to ha- get lawyers involved and take wizards to town and yeah i, th- I, th- I think there's just a bunch of stuff at pl- in play why they've done it this way and i think it is like yeah them testing the waters how how does this go you know if we price it at this what what effect does it do you know do we have people threatening with court cases what happens and then you know, i guess years the good time, thing is two they're years thinking time, about they figure it, right? it out and go and try something else it is progress. It, it, it's not what we want, but I, you're right. It, it is progress in yep. that sense where they, you know, they they are at least thinking about it. So, I guess watch this space. Maybe in another thirty years. Yeah, um, I mean, none of us here on the podcast tonight are going to buy any of these boosters. Like it's it's literally two hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred fifty US for a fifteen card booster. That booster comes with three basic lands. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. You get one rare, three uncommons, seven commons, two basic lands, plus one basic land in a retro frame, and then an additional retro frame card and a token. <laughs> so, like, you're not getting much for your 250 bucks. And, yeah, how many cards are there in, in beta that, like, your odds of getting dual lands are pretty slim and that sort of thing anyway? So, like, there's no way any of us... Maybe Chris will get some. I don't know. That's that's completely up to him. Probably not because he already owns most of this stuff. But it's just not. It's not something that we even need to worry about because we're not going to buy it. We're not going to play with these cards. It it kind of just has no impact on us from the actual card point of view. It's just an interesting thing to talk about because it's yeah, like wizards are are re- like really are sort of testing the waters and sort of seeing what they can do and what they can get away with. I don't know how much this will sell. Like, and it's. It, it will looks sell out. like it's a whatever they print, they will sell. Well, then I don't. I think they're doing a like order print to order. What's those like? You've you're ordering yeah. at a certain period, but you're not getting that's getting them straight away. Like they've said, we expect that orders in North America will will be received this year, um, and they're available in like the end of November. Um, but then everyone well, else that means is they're not printed until really. early 2023. They, they'll, they'll have, have some a large allocation. They, yeah. They'll have to. Yeah, but they'll have no that you can for the print and ship there. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have that, and they'll they'll have something at the Magic Thirty event uh, to showcase it and, and all the rest of it. So there'll be some, but then if you know us, you know if we went, you know I want to order this, they'll you know they'll print for us and send it out. You know, so it's you know they're not going to have. I was going to say they're not going to have warehouses full of cards, but apparently they do, and they forget <laughs> about them from time to time. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so you interestingly, you, they are giving some to stores. They intend to gift one display of their thirtieth anniversary edition to all WPN stores and three to all premium WPNs, uh, which I guess they can sell at whatever price they want if they want to sell them. But you can't use them for anything in the store. But yeah, it's it's interesting that the, again, it's just a push to make more profit by doing this direct. Right? They are. Cutting out LGSs again. Yeah. I mean, how many people would actually go into an LGS and just like in Australia, it's like, that's like 1800 bucks for a four pack. <laughs> like, sure. Who just walks into an LGS and goes, oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Those boosters. Yeah. They look cool. They got gold borders. Oh, sweet. I'll have that. 1800 bucks. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> just put it on the credit card. Like, 
yeah. So, like, I, I don't think stores would want to be stocking it because it would cost no, them they, a fortune. They should have the option. I, I guess if if they want it, maybe that. I mean, they can. They could just buy it off the store and then just resell them for whatever price they want. <laughs> but then what are they going to make? There's no profit in that. <laughs> you don't need to make much profit, Cracker. You just need to be making a profit. So you make five bucks on it, it's still a profit. That's not still how five that bucks extra. <laughs> <laughs> what I it mean, is, that's how you're not our profit wrong, works. But you're also wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's nicer to have a bigger margin, but some profit is still profit. It's, it's better than nothing. Anyway, so like... Who knows what's going to happen with these? Like, yeah, there's been a bunch of controversy all over Twitter, as as is normal and, and to be expected with with this sort of thing. But in reality, it makes no difference to 99 percent of us. And yeah, I've enjoyed sort of the laser printer memes. Uh, yeah, on, yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, so I've, yeah, got a bit of joy did, out of that. Did like a, I posted this in our Discord. Someone found and posted on Twitter from. Mark Rosewater's blogger tog of someone asking the question about, you know, if you're going to make a cube product, you could clearly label that they're non-legal and have them gold boarded or something like that. Like, that'd be really cool if you could release a product like that for people for cubes. <laughs> and Mark Rosewater's response is, we are unwilling to reprint reserved list cards at normal card size regardless of border or back. So I'm that guessing the well. unwilling, yeah, the unwilling part is... They didn't. They don't want to do it. But yeah, probably someone above them has said, "You will do this," <laughs> and they'll go, "Okay, we will unwillingly print these cards." <laughs> oh, they should have dear. done that, man. They should have just made like a vintage cube. How yeah, that have been. Yeah, would have been very cool. All right, where do we want to go next, Cracker? I think that's it for all the super controversial stuff. We're going to talk the Magic Thirty event. I guess is is probably the next thing we've talked about this before, haven't we? Uh, I've spoken bit. to it, haven't got into yeah. any sort of detail, but uh, yeah, it's, it's in Vegas. It is. And yeah, which it's you know, very sounds, expensive. Yeah. I think it's basically sold out already and <laughs> yep. bananas expensive. Uh, hang on, there's. There's been a bunch of, again, controversy with this sort of thing. There's, you know, there's a cosplay contest where the first prize was a $200 voucher to a fabric company. And, you That's know, been updated. Had to, had to go back and you know now it's three add a few grand extra for thousand dollars. Yeah, so three grand for first prize, seventeen fifty yeah. for second, uh, and a thousand dollars for third, uh, and then additional prizes and categories to be determined later by sponsor. But like it, it that was Wizards have done a, a a bit of investment in in cosplayers and a bit of celebration of cosplayers, and you know it's uh it adds to the you know, atmosphere of events and and things that, you know, fair to say we, you know, lacked them over the last few years. Uh, but, you know, it's certainly something that Wizards have recognised and uh, applauded people for the effort. But then to go, oh, we'll give you a $200 outfit, uh, fabric thing for your next outfit is just, that was a slap in the face. So I'm glad they listened uh, because they would have had literal no entrance, right? Because I can guarantee you any cosplayer who is even remotely serious about it like two hundred dollars would cover like their makeup not not their their hair or the investment and then the just tens or even hundreds of hours that these people like artistically and talentedly put into their uh into their cosplay uh some people like do incredible jobs did you see the one with the i can't remember the name of the planeswalker from war of the spark but she had like glowing eyes. So they had like a black light built into their hood 
with contact lenses that that people, it was just insanely oh, creative. Casmina, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorites of all time. And mm. like the creativity and the you know working with the technology to get all that to work, and then just like the the attention to detail to make things look authentic. Uh, I. I am glad they listened and actually had a worthwhile prize because uh, it was a bit of a slap in the face to a, you know, not just a portion of the magic community, but like a whole community. So yeah, it's uh, oops, but I'm glad they fixed it. So that's good. Uh, what other events are happening at Magic 30? Um, I don't know, man. Like I just didn't pay a lot of attention to it because it sold out immediately <laughs> and it's in Vegas. That There's a beta draft that you can win an entry to, I think, by... Like winning a yeah. modern event. There's a lot of like panels. Like it's it's billed as a like convention type thing. It's it's really weird. Like there's no there's no like main event. There's commander zones and there's going to there are some scheduled events and things like that. But there's just like heaps of panels and heaps of special guests and you know like Richard Garfield's going to be there and doing panels and you know you can play in an Infinity event with Mark Rosewater and things like that. But it's it's copped a lot of flack because it's really expensive to get in. Like just a single day event, like uh, entry just to get into the event is 60 bucks US. And that doesn't give you any entry into playing any events. There's like sectioned off areas for commander play, but you have to have like a certain, you got to pay a certain level of entry just to get into play play in that area like there's no like free play tables where you can just sort of hang out and, and play um like if you want to get into all no, that no, sort of they're stuff, saying that there is there is so the there there will be tables where you can just play but they won't guarantee how many or how like if they yeah, need them yeah. for something else yeah. then they will and take they're, them and they're not going to be there's, they're there's, not going to have judges uh, or correct there's like no price support or anything like that yeah. so yeah i'm just looking at the the sold out tickets so it looks like the Commander one was three hundred and fifty dollars, uh, wow. which gets you entry for the full weekend, two promo cards, a Richard Garfield PhD promo card, which is one of the early unset ones, two Commander promo cards, three Commander Legend draft boosters, two MH two draft boosters, a play mat, a box and sleeves, ten percent off merch, one <laughs> Commander on demand event, just one. <laughs> For three hundred and fifty bucks, what? Yeah, and it's you get access into the command zone. You do, <laughs> so you which has got judges and, and like <laughs> the ability to pay for more on-demand events. Yeah, it's really weird. Like it, yeah, the whole so. thing. Like I know when this first got announced, like Chris was like, "Okay, you know, who wants to go to Vegas? Like, do we want to book flights? Do we want to go to this thing in Vegas? It's going to be a massive event." I seriously looked at it because the Mars Volta were playing in LA like through that. <laughs> and like <laughs> nice. I, I was I was like, there's a trip here, right? Yeah. And yeah. then I saw the prices and I was like, yeah. uh, no, thank you. But we like initially it was like, okay, this is gonna be like a, you know, GP Vegas like they've had for the last few years, other than through COVID, where it's, you know, massive main event and huge prize pool and tons of side events and, and all that sort of awesome stuff and there's four thousand people there playing magic and would be amazing. And that's just not what this is. And then the way it was priced and the way it was structured, it it, it very much seems like the 30th anniversary <laughs> collector's edition <laughs> set that's come out where it's like, yeah. who is this for? Like, who is – this is not accessible to the vast majority of your Magic players you know who want to celebrate like? 30 years. Like, it sounds like a whole bunch on? of people in Magic to all get together and tell each other how great they are. 
<laughs> like it, honestly, it seems We've like done a such massive a good job trip. for thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> look at us. Look, look how great we are, and we should have panels so people can come and listen to us tell them how great they are. Like, oh, it's pretty disappointing. Man, I'm negative yeah, it's, tonight. It's, I'm it's gonna just, go back to my command decks. <laughs> like these are good. Like do more of this, wizards. Yep. <sighs> well, they are. Let's let's talk about that then. They're doing. Yep. They're doing commander <laughs> intro decks. Commander starter decks are coming again. Yeah, uh, which is uh, again, we don't have any details on what they are either. Well, so they're not they're not command they're not just commander precon decks. They are commander decks that are built specifically for new players. Like obviously yeah. Wizards have realized like Commander seems to be a gateway that's getting a lot of people into magic. And I don't know how on earth you get people into playing magic and you start with Commander. Like every commander game we play, it's like there's a hell of a lot going on. You've got four people's things you need to keep track of. And somehow it's like, yeah, this is the first, this is your intro to magic. Anyway, it seems that like that's what the way a lot of people get into it. So they're specifically designing starter intro decks for commander play. Uh, I don't know how you make simple commander decks, but I guess they're going to be, you know, basic archetypes with simpler mechanics and Tipping things like that. Tipping they don't but- use experience counters. So yeah. we did see yeah, one yeah, of the commanders was what Dragonlord Ataka though, right? Or yeah. no, not no Ataka Wardrenderer. Sorry, it's yes, the one yes, that gives. Yeah, the other one. It's yep. got double striking, gives like other creatures. To, like there's a bunch of text on that as a mythic. Yeah. So it's not going to just be all grizzly bears and hill giants. No. So, so there's going to be some actually, level of complexity, but there has to be because otherwise it'd be boring. Yeah, that is something I think one of the guys on MTG Goldfish was saying about that this week. It's like. Like, this card has, like, four abilities on it. You know, it's got flying and double strike and trample, whatever, like, all these things. But it has no reminder text, like, to tell you what those abilities are. You would think if you're going to do starter decks and keep them very simple, you would do things like every card that has flying on it, you would say, can only be blocked by creatures with flying. There's no room. It's got four abilities. (laughs) I know, but, like, pick easier cards that you could fit all that stuff on there. It's, yeah. Yeah. Perhaps it'll know. come with a, like a, you know how in fat packs and stuff you used to get that fold out, like, yeah, brochure yeah, thing. Oops. Yeah, the rule stuff. Maybe maybe it comes with that. and Yeah, like a guide for your deck that yeah, explains what yeah. the different abilities do and all that sort of stuff. The other thing they used to have was, um like, the little, uh, like, the cards in the back of packs would actually have, like, all the phases of a token. Yeah, you, you do still get those on the back of tokens and things like do that. You- they come in the... Bundles or the pre no they come in the pre-release packs actually you get like a couple of cards that have a couple of basic things about right. how the turns cool. work and that if it's not a token I pretty much just like send that to the recycle bin uh, yeah, I don't think I've actually looked at any of those cards <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yep so yeah we'll see once we've got more details on those uh, yeah we'll we'll see how they go that might be something that's worthwhile you know us as a group picking up just to have for introing new players to Commander, like those random times where we're all together and someone wants to learn how to play. It could be a, could be a good purchase to have. No, we could just yeah. play 40K. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure that's, that's an easy barrier to entry. <laughs> They're like, okay, I'm going to play this card. It's like, okay, so this card does this. And Joe's like, all right, now the backstory for this one. Yeah, and they're like, is, yeah, yeah. I've confused myself just thinking about it. I'm really looking forward to this stream. I hope you guys get a word in edgeways just quietly. So. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. So, so speaking of cards that are going to bring people in, Transformers. Have you guys seen that there are now Transformer cards coming out? Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, they're the converters. <laughs> no, mate. They're, no, they're that's, the, that's the mechanic. <laughs> that's the mechanic. They're they absolutely Transformers. Yes. Uh, 
legendary creature robot robot ability says convert uh, uh, no i mean one here. of them is called megatron Soundwave, optimus prime <laughs> these, these are starscream they're not even like bad harry potter versions they're, they're like actual yeah the actual licensed products yeah yeah, yeah and, and they're the proper 80s art not the michael bay shia labeouf uh things as well so oh, you didn't scroll down awesome. far enough they definitely have those Oh, uh, okay. I've There's the shattered scrub. glass version. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm fine if they put Megan Fox on magic cards. That's <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> it's a... Anyway, so this is more universes yeah. beyond stuff that they are doing. Yeah, this yeah, is kind of cool. I like it. Well, they've done one Transformer card already, didn't they? They did a they did Grimlock, I think, a couple Correct. of years ago. That was like a promo for Hascon because, yeah, Hasbro owns yeah. Transformers. So makes sense that we would get that IP in in Magic cards. Yeah, that crossover. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, there's a, a whole bunch of them. There's a whole lot. There's like twenty nine, no, fifteen. Sorry, there's it's like twenty nine with all the versions, and they uh, there's they all flip. They all do different things. I, I don't really want to try and read them all now, but they the interesting thing about this is they, they're coming in standard packs. They are coming in the Brothers Wall, but they're not in standard or anything else. So are these like a like a masterpiece like type rarity or are they going to be what what's a drop rate here? Don't know. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> know. I, think, I think they're kind of like the mystical archive type yeah thing. Yeah, Although there okay. is mystical archive card, other mystical archive cards in Brothers War Pack. So I, yeah, I don't there, know there is exactly because there's all the work. like back in time cards as well that are coming in the Brothers War Packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a myst- mystical archive set of. Artifacts that are yes. uh, going to be in, in Brothers War, but yeah, I, I, I can't remember. I can't find it in the articles what the go is with the uh, uh, with the Transformers cards being in the packs, but they just are. it's in- interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting, it's- interesting way to release them. This would have been a great secret layer. It would have been really good because then people who are interested in Transformers could just buy them. Yes. So yeah. Anyway, weird. Uh, don't hate them. Some of them are cool. I like Transformers. Like, you know, th- there's a Starscream. There's, you know, Megatron. There's Optimus. There's Soundwave. There's, you know, Bumblebee. So, cool. Um, if I open them in my Brothers War draft pack, can I include them in my draft deck or my sealed deck at pre-release? Yes. Good question. <laughs> you could with, like, Masterpiece you, cards. You can and, with all the such. Masterpieces and all the, like, inventions and stuff like that. So, I, I, I assume you can. Cool. Yeah. Bit of but, fun. Yep. Who knows? Yeah, and Lithi, like we were sort of talking before the cast, and you mentioned it before, Chewie, about them, you know, it says on them convert. Yeah, you can, they ha- they all all have an ability where you can cast them on their front side or you can cast them converted for a different cost and then they come in on the other side of the uh, of the card and it's, it's labelled as convert, like converted rather than transform and that's a lot of people have been asking it's like what like they're transformers why does it not say transform and and i think the reason for that is there is already a transform mechanic in magic and there are cards that trigger off of when cards transform and you know certain things cause cards to transform you know 
uh, like I'm, you know, the the werewolves where if you know if you cast no spells for this turn, then it transforms, and then if you cast two spells, then it transforms again. And there's a bunch of things like that that already work around the word transform. Like it is a mechanic already built into Magic. Yeah, I, it was a mechanic not, in one set, and this is something nah, that's in only multiple, as a, transforms. It's been in multiple sets. It's, well, one it, like plane, it, sorry, but no, nah, yeah, but nah, it's been in a bunch of different. Like it's it's like even your sagas are transformed like if, if you read the no, card of a saga it says exile this saga then return it to the battlefield transformed under your control so it, it it's many many sets the transform like I'm, I'm looking at now it's you know it's all the different innistrad sets it's in yeah but i mean but still like Ixalan this is such sets. a narrow thing is it really an issue they've, they've just missed the flavor but they've still got the flavor of transformers sure like it's disappointing that they don't say transform and I don't think it'd be an issue. Like these, you've got to remember these these cards legal. are legal. These cards are eternal legal. So they're sure. going into they're going into legacy. They're going to, into vintage. So you just can't have a mechanic that works completely differently have the same name. Like it just breaks a bunch of things. Like how the hell do you program that on Magic Online? <laughs> well, easy because <laughs> we've already got thing. the transform mechanic. It's actually yeah, but that, easier. But you can't have these. You can't have these trigger off of things that trigger transform because that's not not what, not what these cards do. They're not meant to flip like that. They're, it's a totally different mechanic. Like, Th- like these cards are not meant to work that way. Yeah, you know, I, they've, it's such uh, a like narrow, they're, they're the ones, small they're thing. They're the ones that do the mechanic, like, so they yeah. obviously think that it's enough of an issue to to do it differently. But. I think like announcing a reserve list in 1990-whatever, they've made a mistake. <laughs> so anyway, and look, how many of these cards are going to get played in Legacy, right? Like, and somebody might want to include them in their Commander deck, sure, right? Uh, but... You know, these yeah, are collectible. Like, I, I get item. that, but when you have a mechanic set, when you, when you have a mechanic set that your game is built off, you you have to make things consistent. Otherwise, it it just doesn't. It breaks your game, and then your mechanic set is just sort of useless. So you, you even though yes, there's niche cases where or it's very rarely going to come up. You you have to account for those things in a, the mechanics of a game. So yeah, I I agree with the way they've done it because I think that that's the correct way to do it, but. It does. It probably doesn't make much difference. More importantly, they come in packs with real magic cards. They do, and we should talk about those instead because this is yep. the new set. We are starting to see cards for Brothers War, and already we've, s- we've just gone from already. Unfinity, <laughs> Unfinity so th- to this. Three weeks <laughs> after we have had this set released on Arena and in paper, we are now getting previews for the next standard set. It's pretty fantastic. We also have had. Two other, what do we have? We had all the 40k stuff previewed within that time. We had all of Infinity previewed within that time. And I think there was something else as well, like a secret layer, two secret layers, I think, actually, that came out in that period as well. So, you know, never a dull moment in the world of magic cards. But there's some good ones. So, Meld is back. Meld is back. So let's start with the namesake of the brothers for these cards. We don't have a lot that we've seen already, but we've got. Urza Lord Protector, who is one blue white for a legendary creature, human artificer. He's a 2 4. It says artifact, instant, and sorcery spells you cast cost one generic less. And then it says seven if you own and control Urza and an artifact named the Might Stone and the Weak Stone. Exile them and then meld into Urza the Planeswalker. Activate only as a sorcery. So before we get into the Urza Planeswalker, there is a card called the Might Stone and the Weak Stone. It is a five mana artifact. It is a legendary artifact power stone. When it enters the battlefield, you may choose one. 
uh, draw two cards. Target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. Or tap... Oh, no. So you get to choose one of those two, sorry. And then the, its ability is tap and add colorless, like two colorless. And this mana can't be spent on to cast non-artifact spells. Lots of words. It gets worse. So then <laughs> when you have them both in play... Right, so you cast the Urza on three. It makes the Mightstone Weakstone cost four. So you cast that on four. And the next turn, you play a land, you untap. And then you can do the, the meld ability with the, the mana from the thing, right? From the Mightstone Wheatstone. And then you get Urza Planeswalker, who may be the best Planeswalker ever. So it's seven starting loyalty. And it says on during each of your turns... You may activate an, an additional loyalty ability of Urza the Planeswalker. Man, there's a lot here. Okay, so he's five abilities plus two. Uh, the, the text instant- on this card is so small. I know, <laughs> it's, it's tiny. <laughs> Artifact, instant, and sorcery spells you cast this turn cost two less to cast. You gain two life. Plus one, draw two cards, then discard a card. Zero, create two 1-1 one, one colorless soldier artifact creature tokens. Minus three. Exile target permanent, and then minus 10, artifact and planeswalkers you control gain indestructible until end of turn, destroy all non-land permanents. So... That's a lot of text. <laughs> you get to do these things twice. Yeah. It ticks up pretty quick. Like, it, well, you, you can, can get to alter it the second turn. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can if go you, plus two, plus one, and then you're already at 10. Or you can go well, plus two, plus get, two, and then still have your planeswalker around. Yeah. 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 So, like, the, you know, it, it all sounds super expensive and it all sounds magical Christmas land, but it's actually not too bad because, like, Urza costs three, he's a two four, so that's not the easiest thing to, to kill. And it makes your artifacts cost one less. So then, so you, you play it on turn three, that makes your Might, might Stone and Weak Stone cost four instead of five. So you play that on turn four, you get to, you know, draw two cards or whatever. You've got access to two mana if you want, if you've got something to, to do with it. Um, with Urza, that's effectively three mana if, it, yeah, if Urza's yeah, exactly. still in play. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, cast a three mana artifact. Find find something else that you want to cast, like I don't know, Phyrexian Dragon Engine, that is the other half of Mishra, which we'll get to in a second. And then the next turn, you know, the Mightstone taps for two mana, and you play another land, and away you go. You've <laughs> you've got your your melded uh, Urza, and you get to activate it twice, and Goodness me! If you if you manage to do that, that is that is very powerful. Yeah, this card seems bonkers, right? And in addition to the fact that like the actual physical cards seem bonkers, they've gone to you guys were pointing out to me before. I was like, is it on both sides of the cards? Like, what's going on? It's like, no, no. There's a top and a bottom half, and yeah, like the angels from one of the industry yeah, sets, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So one of the but- top that. Urza has art on the back, and then the um, other one has all of the rules text, which it needs because there's so much. Absolutely, and I one of the things that makes this good uh, and, and better than like it's 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 cool and it's like super fun, janky, all the rest of it, but it's actually really powerful. Like a three minute two four that makes this stuff cheaper. If that's all Urza did. Like that's still a good magic card, right? Yeah, like it, it's, it, it, it's artifacts, instants, and sorceries. Like that's yeah, pretty bo- yeah. broad like that's spectrum in blue, white colors. Going to get played in multiple formats. Yeah, and the might stone uh, and and the weak stone would ha- is kind of like standard 
commander level playable as it is, right? So yeah. f- five mana, kill something, and it's a mana rock, or five mana, draw two cards. Like, I would draft that card every single day of the week, uh, but it's you know, would get played in Commander decks and would get played in, you know, probably if if the format was conducive to this sort of thing, into standard. So that is two good cards that you can play it as a standard deck. And, you know, it's a, you would, you'll play these cards and you'll win games in a blue-white based artifact deck uh, once the Brothers War is legal. And every now and then you'll go, oops, now I've got this guy, right? Like, I think people will like try to turbo it and they'll lose. But if they just build a good deck that includes this and win conventionally, and then every now and then you get to to do your thing. Uh, I've seen that, that traditionally with your kind of like big hard hitting combos like this is what, uh, uh, is what sees the most success. I, I think it's a control finisher. Yeah. Like I think that's the shell it would go into, right? Where you yeah. don't actually, you're not trying to drop it on turn three. You play it on turn four or five, and it makes you card draw spells and your counter spells and, and whatever else you need cheaper. And then when you've got it's a minute, a, you can it's play. a good defensive creature. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. So yeah. It, yeah. I, turns your cancels into counter spells. Like, yeah, play it on turn five. You now have counter spell. Seems, yeah, seems good. good. Go for it. <laughs> and then yeah, you untap eventually, make it into Urza Planeswalker and. I don't see how you lose from there unless yeah, you're you just very like easily a do that million miles turn. behind. Yeah, but I mean, like even the plus, like a, a control deck, you go plus two, plus two, uh, I gain four. That's just like yeah. excellent. Yeah. Plus with whatever the ability from your spells are. Yeah. If you wait till turn seven, eight, somewhere around there where, you know, you've got some other mana rocks, that sort of thing, then yeah, you could very easily play the Might Stone and meld it in the same turn. And then mm-hmm. get your two loyalty. Like, yeah, you, you're just not coming back from that. That is just game. So, I think Benny R is going to be excited about this. He's been playing a lot of blue-white control over the last few standard sets. So, we'll see him casting a few of these. But we do have the other brother. We do. Talk us through those on that He's one, He's got cracker. possibly even more words on, it, <laughs> on the front half. So, we've got <laughs> Mishra claimed by Gix. He is two black red for a... Legendary creature, Phyrexian human artificer. Because, you know, that's that's an easy one to say. He's a 3-5. Uh, it says, whenever you attack, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the number of attacking creatures. If Mishra claimed by Gix and a creature named Phyrexian dragon engine are attacking and you own and control them both, exile them and meld them into Mishra lost to Phyrexia, it enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. So... The Phyrexian Dragon Engine is three generic mana for a artifact creature Phyrexian Dragon. It is a 2-2 with double strike. It says when it enters the battlefield from your graveyard, you may discard your hand if you do draw three cards. And it has Unearth for three red red. The other side... Sorry, again, before you go to the other side. Unearth yes. is... You could you play it from your graveyard. It gains haste. Gains haste and then sacrifice at the end of the turn. Or sacrifice at the end of the turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there a cost sacrificed. to... Un- yeah, I can't. I can't remember exactly how Unearth works, and there's no room for reminder text on these cards. So. Correct. I know it is something from your graveyard, and I'm pretty sure. It's yeah, yeah, it gets sacrificed or exiled. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 and it gets exiled. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So the backside of this, so when you meld the Phyrexian Dragon Engine and Mishra Lost to Phyrexia, you get 
well, sorry, you get Mishra Lostophorexia, and it says, whenever Mishra Lostophorexia enters the battlefield or attacks, so that's like immediately, because it enters tapped and attacking, uh, so target, choose three. No, 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 no. It enters tapped and attacking. You don't get your attack triggers. I think you just get the enters the battlefield trigger. Don't you, think you'll you get, get it. Yeah, you'll get the enters the battlefield. But yeah, you don't yeah, get it yeah. Twice. But you don't yeah. get enter the battlefield and attack. No, you don't get both. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. You just no, get yeah, one yeah. set. You still get yeah. to choose three though. So target opponent discards two cards. Uh, Mishra deals three damage to any target. Destroy target artifact or planeswalker. Creatures you control gain menace and trample until end of turn. Creatures you don't control gain minus one minus one until end of turn. Create two tapped power stone tokens. And it's a 9-9. Because yep. why not? So you, <laughs> one of the things you pick is give all your creatures menace and trample. So now it's a 9-9 menace trample. Seems good. Yeah. You, you bolt a potential blocker and you blow up their planeswalker. And or you just make their team minus one, minus one. So <laughs> they just can't three times. profitably. And <laughs> just yeah, give them yeah, minus three, minus three. the same three. thing. Yeah, you can pick the same uh, thing three times. Yeah, so you could yeah, so it, you could deal nine to something. Yeah, just nine them. Yeah, wow. this is yeah, uh, okay. insane. Now the interesting thing about both of these cards is they each have an ability that immediately kills the brother. Right. So when you flip Urza into the Planeswalker, you exile target non-land permanent, so you can get rid of either, like Mishra or the Phyrexian Dragon Engine either side. And when the Mishra lost a Phyrexia, can destroy like either the Planeswalker. I mean, obviously, it can or the kill. artifact. Yeah, it can exactly all the artifact, or it can kill Urza in a couple. So, of ways. if I've melded two cards together into one, and then I that is then one permanent it's melded. If I exile that, like both sides are gone. It's a two for one. Yes, correct. Yes, yeah, correct. Yeah. And yeah. if it goes to your graveyard, it's you know goes back to being two separate cards. And yeah, those but it's things. only one death trigger for like whenever yeah, a creature. Yeah, gets, yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and cool. it would it, it would be weird because it would enter as Urza Planeswalker, so you wouldn't get any like creatures or artifact death triggers, but then they would become that in the graveyard afterwards. It's all a bit weird. You just let Arena handle the pretty <laughs> much triggers. <laughs> so yeah. this seems really good in an aggressive, like top end of a Rakdos go wide strategy, right? I mean, it's not like red and black decks are doing very they well in help, standard man. at the moment. They, they, need they definitely need some help. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing is, like, this one you can't, like, Mishra doesn't have haste. The Phyrexian Dragon Engine, like, you could play Mishra on four and then unearth your Phyrexian Dragon Engine on five and then attack with both and then flip it. But it it doesn't seem as easy to do as Urza, where Urza you can just, yeah, like you're saying, you can play that sort of slow, longer game and then just get to a point where you can just cast one or the other and then just meld it straight away. Like, having having to attack with both is such a beating, though. Like, it just lose X and gain X where X is the number of attacking creatures. Like, you just so much value out of that. Like, who cares if, if you don't get to flip it? Like, it's a 3-5 that'll just beat down. Yeah, a 3-5 is pretty solid. Yeah. No, it's just hard to block, right? Like, it's 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 obviously not, like, the most power. but and, and you get the triggers on the attack step. So, you attack with Mishra and the Dragon Engine and you drain them for two. <laughs> and then you flip. Two, and then you flip yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep, seems- you still get the trigger even if you are melding them. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, really strong. <laughs> All right, so there's, there's some other random cards that we've seen. I don't think we care about any of them. We can talk about them in future times. There's a nerfed Mishra's Factory, which is the we brought back Creature Lands. We 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 made it through like one set where we didn't have Creature Lands in standard, but um, we can maybe get into that another time because we're going super long. Yeah, I mean we're going to have plenty more previews for this set. 
coming out. Uh, this set releases the 15th of November on Arena. Mm-hmm. They're doing, they've gone back to the paper pre-release before the Arena release, which is nice. So uh, paper pre-release 11th of November, Arena release on the 15th of November, and then full release paper release on the 18th of November. So we're going to start kicking off more previews towards the end of October and we'll uh, we'll definitely get into those. So but like I said we have gone very long. So I think we will leave it there for now. Either way like that's a pretty cool first look at Brothers Wall cards. Like if you want to get people hyped for a set <laughs> that's that's a pretty good way to do it because those cards I like are that they didn't slow roll them. That they've just been yeah. like all right, it's the Brothers Wall here they are. Let's let's see what fills in behind them. I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's good. Yep. Very good. All right. So that's going to do us for this week. Uh, yeah. Weird episode. Lots of ranting. <laughs> just, just a bunch of random stuff. So Not sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, I will be away next week, so you guys can do whatever you want. <laughs> oh, we will. Figure something out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all good. Okay, so usual wrap-up. Come and join us in our Discord. Go and buy some merch. Go and check out Joshua Pat's FTG Bazaar. All of the links for all of that stuff is just at magicbeanscast.com. So go and check that out and uh, yeah, come and find us in all the places and follow us and subscribe and join the Facebook groups and, and all that sort of thing because uh, we like our community and it's awesome and we want to keep it going. Uh, if you would like to find me on Twitter to... Have a go at me about anything that I've said tonight. Feel free to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are at Chewy MTG, and come at me, bro. I'm, I'm down for a chat. <laughs> and Cracker at Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Bye.